Hey, my friend, welcome to Fine is a Four Letter Word. My name is Lori Seitz. I'm an entrepreneur, mentor, founder of Zen Rabbit, and your guide in moving from fine to fantastic. I love inspiring others to listen to their inner voice and encouraging them to take the steps toward fulfilling their soul. Join me here as we navigate through life transformation, moving from that place where you say everything's fine, it's just fine, but you're really feeling a deep undercurrent of suck. How do you move from there to a renewed sense of yourself? You're in the right place for stories and experiences of self-discovery and courage to help you on your journey. And you'll find each episode has an accompanying meditation. Now let's get into it. In today's episode, I'm talking with Joanne Thompson from York, England, my first UK guest. Raised to believe hard work is the key to success, and after working herself almost to death, Joanne found that wasn't necessarily the case. Even after 10 days in the hospital, three months of recovery time, and six months of being scared to go to sleep for fear she wouldn't wake up, she still believed she could carry on as usual. Everything was fine. We chat about the false sense of well-being and security in staying in situations where everything is fine, how to take control of your own mind, and the consequences of living with regrets. Joanne is passionate about living life with intention and purpose and helping others to do the same. After experiencing and seeing the struggles of capable people being treated unfairly in the workplace, she took a leap of faith and left her well-paid corporate role. With her experience of running a women's network, she has developed her own coaching and training business. She's also created the guided Positively Positive Journal to help others find positivity in their day and create more positive habits. Her next venture is running retreats in France to give women space to pause, breathe, and think about what they truly desire without fear of distraction, judgment, and overwhelm. Quick reminder, today's episode is sponsored by Zen Rabbit. When you're ready to start living the next 20 years differently than you've lived the last 20, when you're tired of living life by someone else's playbook and want to finally live life by your own rules, and when you want a guide so you can avoid the roadblocks on your way to finding your purpose in this next season of life, the Fuck Being Fine experience is here for you. I'd love to chat with you about how to find the clarity and courage to do what you know you need to do. Go to zenrabbit.com to learn more or schedule a complimentary call. Hello and welcome to Fine is a Four-Letter Word. My guest today is Joanne Thompson, and I am eager to hear your story and have you share your story with the Fine is a Four-Letter Word audience. Thank you for being here. Well, thank you for having me, Laurie. I'm, I'm excited to be here. Um, I'm definitely keen to share my story because if it helps somebody else on their journey, then that'd be fantastic. I am also very excited because you have the honor of being my first guest from the UK. Woohoo! Really? Yes. Yes. <laughs> that's exciting. Yeah, I was going to say first <laughs> guest from outside the United States, but that's not true because I had somebody from who is um, lives in the Bahamas, but wow. UK first. Oh, I'm, I'm honored. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start out with the, the question of your, how you were raised and what were the beliefs that 
you that were instilled in you as you were growing up that contributed to making you who you who you've become oh that's a really good question there's so many isn't there there's so many that you grow up because of what society is telling you because what yeah. your favorite teacher at school tells you what your parents tell you and it's hard to make your own mind up about things isn't it so there is definitely we grow up with a lot of sort of unconscious bias, as it were, that you're not aware of until you start getting a little bit older. So one of the key beliefs, I think, was if you work hard, you'll do well in life. So just keep working hard. And I do think that's true. But there's also something about work hard, but also be intentional about how you work and work smart, not you know, just keep working and slogging your guts out all the time to, to get somewhere. <laughs> because right. not everybody will recognise or appreciate all that hard work. So you need to find the people that do. And that's what I've learned over my sort of career, working career is, you know, I've always worked hard. I've always been proud of the job that I've got and, you know, how I perform, but it doesn't, didn't always get noticed. So that was something that I wish I'd kind of had that insight a little bit as I was going along that it, it's not just about getting your head down doing all the stuff and, and trying to get everything that you want that way because you it just it's not quite like that. I do believe you have to work for everything. I don't I don't believe that it just gets handed to you on a plate, although probably some people are in that position and that's fortunate for them, but not everybody. And if you want something, you have to be determined and you have to go out and get it. Um, mm -hmm. So I think that was that was really important growing up was I saw my stepdad, he worked all the hours God sends in um we used to have a bakery when I was younger and he was up at ridiculous o'clock, you know, three or four o'clock in the morning at work, went home at four, four or five o'clock in the evening, went to bed at nine, back up, you know, and he did that for seven years. So that's where I learned that, you know, you just work hard, keep working at it, keep working at it. Um, was he successful? So the business was reasonably successful. Yeah. I mean, it kept a roof over our heads and, you know, we had a, a reasonable lifestyle, but yeah, it was exhausting. It was absolutely exhausting. You know, they couldn't go away very much on holiday or anything like that. We didn't have loads of savings in the pot for things if it went wrong or, you know, we, we, we lived quite a fairly, you know, average humble life, I suppose. But yeah, now I realise that actually, you know, he, he really enjoyed it and he loved that, but it, it didn't pay particularly well. But he's, he, he did work incredibly hard and he was very good at it. So yes, that's one of the key things that, that I've learned, really. And I think uh, some of the other beliefs that I grew up with were more around, you know, women are more servers of uh, the men in their lives. Um, you know, it's kind of, my mum didn't, she worked in the shop or she worked at the big big uh, Marks and Spencers, which you, I'm hoping you all know over in the yes, yes. States. Um, so, you know, she worked there and she she didn't have any high level jobs. It was more of assistant jobs and things like that. She wasn't career orientated. My sister sort of went to catering college and did various different jobs in, in the um, sort of leisure industry and then ended up working for the police as a civilian support. So it was kind of, whilst we kind of grew up, I kind of grew up with traditional beliefs that you know mom, you know my mom cooked in an evening she did the washing she did the ironing my grandma did the same you know it was we were all there to look after the men in our lives and they went out to work and I kind of ended up in a group of friends that was like no we're not doing that there's more to life than this you know I wasn't particularly interested in 
kids or I just wanted you know to go out and work I just loved working and whether that's because I started work when I was 11 when we had the shop and it started giving me funds not very many funds but you know I started getting a little bit of independence and I just thought sure I I saw these things out in the world that I wanted to do and 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 see and I thought well I need I need money for that so originally I wanted to work in a bank because I remember telling my my grandma um, I wanted to work in a bank and I always I was obsessed with counting my, my pocket money. I don't know why. And I used to lend my sister money. So, and I'd have, <laughs> so I, you were a I banker before you, okay. <laughs> so I was kind of, I wanted to work in a bank and I actually did some work experience at school in a bank. Um, so that's, that's where I was intending to go. But I think I was influenced by some friends at school and um, they said, well, why do you, if you like sort of numbers, working numbers, why don't you think about accountancy? So that's what I ended up doing. I ended up going to um, university, got um, a degree in accountancy and business and then went on to do professional accountancy. But I went on to work in a building society, which is sort of now similar to a bank. And then I was working, then I worked in a bank. So I did that, but I did it as an accountant, not as a sort of anybody counting money on the uh, you know, in the shops or in the shop front sort of thing. But I was still counting money. I was still counting money. I was still putting time deposits on in the markets. I was settling um, certificates of deposit and things like that in the back office. And I was doing banking and making, you know, a million pounds worth of transfers, you know, 500 million pounds of transfers sometimes. So I I kind of really liked that. And I was really excited by the thought of the money, but not necessarily earning loads of money, but, you know. You were working with it. (laughs) I was working with it and I was working with numbers, which I quite enjoyed. So, um, yeah, so I was very intentional about what, where I chose to do, start working. Yeah. And when we were, when we did our conversation beforehand, you were talking about some of the difficulties of working in that industry because it was so male dominated. Tell us a little bit about that. Where do I start with that one? (laughs) I worked in a treasury department, so I worked in the back office to start with. And there was some women in there and that and that was okay. And we were all doing really decent jobs. And, but the traders, they were out at the front desk. And and it wasn't until um, we had a young trader that came in and he'd only just joined and he was, he was training really. And we had to get a certain delivery to them at really early in the morning so they could make their decisions on what they were going to invest and various other things. And I went in and the systems were down. We had real problems. And I went out and I said, right, I've got the numbers. This is what it is. We think it's the, you know, and I went out and explained it all. And he just went, you're just such an idiot. He says, why on earth have you been, you know, so late with all this? You've lost me a deal. You've done And he started kind of laying into me. And I was, I was thinking, well, hang on a minute. I've worked really hard here. We've all been in that office trying to get these numbers out. We know I'm fine. I don't need you giving me a hard time for this. And I was just like, mm. and then you kind of get the other's, you see other men behaving in the office and you think, I don't really like that. They all seem to have the most senior positions. They kind of talk down to women. They probably mm-hmm. didn't do it intentionally. Some of them were a bit um, flirtatious, should I say. And I wasn't used to that either. I didn't come from a touchy-feely family or, uh, you know, we weren't big hug on hugs and stuff like that. So it was kind of sometimes they were in your personal space and I didn't like that either and as I progressed working through the bank and things like that it wasn't as transparent in the bank but work when I moved into the insurance industry that and a finance function within there it, it became even more transparent and even though companies have got these policies in place nowadays to try and combat um you know sexism and treating people unfairly and, and things like that it's still happening and I'm still getting stories of sure 
you know, comments that are made, which are really kind of truly an, annoying. I, uh, one girl who worked for me, she, she said, oh, um, I'm going, I'm getting married. I said, oh, fantastic. That's great. Where, you know, where are you getting on your, where are you going on your honeymoon? You know, when are you getting married? Oh, that's amazing. She sort of worked with me on a women's network that I was um, helping to run at that point when I first joined. And um, she said, she says, yeah. she says oh, I'm glad you've had that reaction. It's really positive because my boss has just said to me, oh, now you're going to get married. You're going to go off and have children. Then you're going to want to come back and work part time. And then all the rest of us have to work even harder because you want to have your, your cake and eat it. Wow. And I'm like, this that's crazy. Yeah. All this sensitivity training, obviously not making a difference. <laughs> No, definitely not. And you know, she's in, the funny thing is, she's I don't even know if I can have kids. You know, what if what if he'd said that and I and I couldn't have kids? Mm-hmm. And how how annoying would that have been? How upsetting would that have been? And then you know, and then more recently, I've just just some of the 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 language that she used, some of the 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 big decisions sometimes are taken out of meetings and done behind closed doors. So you get into a meeting, you think you've got a chance to say your opinion, and the decisions are already being taken. You get people, um, particularly particularly men, who are very competitive, and it's all about the status. It's all all about the next role. It's not about they want a team that works well for them to get them their next move. Yeah. And I just I've just seen that so many times, and it's just it's just disappointing. I started twenty you know twenty eight years ago in in the banking industry, and you kind of think yeah, all right, but I'm still seeing that now. I'm still hearing stories from people that that right. is happening now, and that yeah. that just Shouldn't people are not getting a fair chance in the workplace to to have the life they want? Um, and so, so I'm seeing women shut down. I'm seeing women believe that they can't do things, not allowed to do things, that they need permission to um, just ask for some basic rights that the, the men have got, you know, and it's just sad. It's interesting that this is still going on in in this, you know, in 2021, that women still need to feel like they need to ask permission, that they need to work, again, going back to your thing you learned about working harder to prove themselves, but they're still not being invited to the secret meetings. They're still not getting to have the input that they need to be having, and it's to the detriment of the companies, but the companies don't even see how much better they could do if they had everyone at the table contributing. Yeah, definitely. And we, so we were talking too about how you worked so, like you took this, I need to work hard theory and applied it and it still didn't yield you what you wanted, what you ex- would have expected from the, the work that you were doing. And then you had also told me about something. So you were working hard even when your health was at risk. So I worked in a department where it was a daily operation and I managed a lot of the systems and we invariably had lots and lots of problems with them. So even though I decided to, I went back for full time after my second child to a new company, to an insurance company. And um, I decided eventually I asked if I could have flexi time and could could I work four days and but I ended up working five days in four. I then on the, the Friday when I didn't work because the systems were so problematic, I was constantly on the phone because I was the manager. I was kind of constantly on the phone to the IT department, asking them to fix things. I was constantly trying to help the team figure out how to solve their problems. You know, I worked weekends because we had to do all our system upgrades on a weekend. And then I was kind of, I got to the point where I wanted to kind of 
thought, this is, I'm, I don't feel great. I don't feel fantastic. But I kept going. You know, my, my home life was really busy. My husband was on shifts. I had two girls. One swam all the time. So I was constantly, and two dogs, and constantly backwards and forwards, you know, working really hard at work and working really hard at home because sometimes my husband wasn't even there two nights yeah. a week. So so I had all that to manage as well and be it, expected to be in at half eight in the morning and leave at six o'clock at night. Um, so the, it was just chaotic. And then I suffered a pulmonary embolism. A blood clot on the lung. I ended up in hospital for nine days, I think, and it took me a good three months to get over it. And I have never been so scared in all my life. I've never. I just it was just awful. The whole thing. I I was having um, like hyperventilating. I was having moments where I, I I didn't know where I was, and and this happened whilst my husband was driving us home. It kicked in over the weekend because I started getting pains in my chest and we were camping, but we borrowed my mum's caravan, touring caravan. So we had the caravan on the back. We had two dogs in the back. I had two young kids in the back and we were driving home and I, my arms were going everywhere. I was hyperventilating. My husband went, can we just get home and just drop everything and I'll, I'll try and sort something out. And it's like, we didn't know what was going on. We didn't know what why I was doing this. It was just so weird. And, and anyway, eventually I ended up in hospital for, for 10 days. And um, I went through a stage of not wanting to sleep for six months because I was scared that I would die if I, if I fell asleep. And then after six months, I then struggled to get to sleep when I was so tired. I went, sure, overtired. I need to sleep. Overtired. I need to sleep now. I couldn't sleep. So yes, that was the first of real scare of of my health. That I was just so that was a warning sign your body was giving you. That was definitely yeah. But you still didn't even pay attention to it. I mean, you you did, but you didn't because you said you were still working, even though your doctor said you're not supposed to work as many hours. And you're like, okay, but I have to, and you did. Because all the val- I, my value of my self worth was in my job. I felt there you go. I've I, yeah, I've learned that that is not the case, and I've learned it the hard way. And it took me a long time to see that. But I thought my my role in life was to do these jobs and to do them really well, and that that was a value. But when I started to really, I was learning lots. Don't get me wrong, I was learning tons, mm-hmm. and you know, and it was a tough job. But I did decide. I actually wrote myself out of the job structure because I carried on and then I, I just got to the stage where I just thought, you know what, I can't do this. I need This was a sign. This means I need to do something different. So we were having a restructure in the department and I wrote my job out of it. I redesigned the, the structure of the, organize, the department and I just said no to my boss. I'm, I'm taking my role out. And they were like, oh, well, I'm moving on. So maybe you want to kind of apply for the head of the whole department and I was like, now when you suddenly think, oh, that's an opportunity. I really want, I want promotion and all the rest of it. And then I thought, I kind of looked back and I went, do you know what? It's just not worth it. It is not worth it because I knew I'd be back to five days a week. I'd be working longer hours. We weren't a popular department mm-hmm. because we could have caused breaches and oh, all sorts of problems. And <laughs> I was like, do you know what? Life's just not worth that. Um, yeah. So I decided... So I wrote myself out and I managed to get a job doing project management stuff. It was fine. It was fine. But I'd, I'd gone, it was a side move. It wasn't upwards. So I had that battle between taking a job that was not as stressful. Oh, it could be stressful, but not in the same way. Not as demanding in the same way. But I wasn't getting that promotion. Um, so it was really kind of 
I did have these wranglings between health and less stress and yeah. doing something more that I enjoyed and getting that promotion. But I took the other option and I actually loved doing that work. But I was still always feeling like I wanted to move up somehow. So again, I went back to working hard, but a little bit smarter, a little bit smarter doing something I enjoyed more. <laughs> Fast forward to the, the, the moment when you decided I'm tired of living with everything just being fine. And you had shared with me also that moment when you were standing in your office looking around going, is this it? Is this yeah. what I, I don't want to do this for the next 10 years? Yeah. From the job I just talked about, I probably that's probably another seven years onwards when I had that moment. So I carried on doing this job. So we kept getting restructured. I thought I was getting that promotion and it kept getting taken away. I then got a mentor and a coach and thought, I need to do something different. I'm not getting anywhere. The guy, I had a conversation with my manager and he said, there's no place for you in this department. And I was like, uh, I work in finance. I'm an accountant. I've done this for years. I'm, I can do your job. And then I thought, ah, that's the problem. That's the problem. I can do your job. And I went, there is a place. I says, but you're sat in it. And I was like, <laughs> I was, I was like kind of almost cheering in my head. I was yeah. like, yay. And he was like, yeah, but I'm not going anywhere. And I was like, right, that's me. I need to move. I need to move. So I went and did get another job. I worked a bit in London. Uh, again, it was a transformation type project management role. And I really enjoyed that. And I worked with better people. But then we came back and I was back up to York, which was where I, I kind of just live outside of York. And I was looking across the office and, the job was changing again. This management team was changing again. And it was not. And I just looked and I thought, is this it? Now, I've had so many health issues on and off in the last 10 years, operations and various other things. And I thought, is this it? Is this really what I've got for the next 20 years? And I'm like, do you know, I don't want this. Just don't want this. I'd been hankering after the um, wanting a promotion for so long. And then I just had this moment of, I don't I don't, I'm sick. I don't want to play the politics. I don't want to play the games that you have to play to get on. I don't want to be yeah. nice to people I don't respect and like. I don't want to yeah. work with people who are driving me nuts. I don't want to be kept in a position that they know I do a good job. You know, I have a safe pair of hands. I'll get the job done and I'll get it done well. I, I'm better than this and I, I'm worth more than this. And I really wanted to make a difference more directly with people. I've always managed teams and, and developed teams, but some of my ideas in teams, the, the bosses that I've had have all been a bit, mm, no, we can't do that. Oh, no, we're... we're, we're uh, yeah, that's not how we do things here. We're not how we do things here. So I just didn't have the freedom to be creative and, you know, and have fun and all the rest of the things that I wanted to do and that I was really looking forward to doing and I just thought this cannot be it this I what I need to think differently I need to do something different did you know what that was or did you just know this isn't it I don't know what it is but it's not this or did you actually have an idea of this is where I want to go this is what I would like better and how did you get there for a few years I didn't know what I wanted to do and I was kind of oh what am I going to do? You know, I've done accounts, I've done change management in finance, I've run systems, I've done, I've done so many different things. And I thought, where do, where do I go next? And 
I was racking my brains. And then they put us on a course where they introduced coaching. And I thought, oh, I did this about 10 years ago. I did some of this 10 years ago and I really loved it. And doing the course, and it was only a couple of days, but it, it kind of, I thought, this is what I love. I really enjoy this. And I was also chairing, I'd sort of moved up to chairing the women's network that was about 300 people. And um, I came out of one of the sessions that we'd organised and it was so fun. And I could hear the women going, oh, that was fantastic. That was great. I really enjoyed that. We don't normally get anything like that. It's so great that these, you know, these women put these things on for us. And and I was like, I just turned around to one of my colleagues and said, oh, I could do this every day, you know. I kind of didn't think about it at the time. But then when I was sat in these coaching sessions on this training course, I was like, I had that, I had that epiphany and I walked past it. Why did I walk past it? Possibly weren't ready yet. And it was something like, you, you've trained so hard to be an accountant. You go through years of exams and all the rest of it. And it was like, can I just give that up? Do I want to give that up? And it was almost like um, that sense of loss. And he's like, but then yeah. I sort of realised that actually that whole that whole thing of, of studying and that took me to where I am now. Now I can move on. That it served its purpose for 28 years of my life. Now I've got a different purpose. I want to you know make a difference for these women. And, and we have men coming as well who want to be the best that they can be. They want to get ahead in life. They want to live a life of their choosing. And yeah. not have to put put up with somebody else's version of what their life should be. Right. Like you kind of did for all those years. Like I did, yeah, for all those years, yeah. Yeah. And and I can understand too where you're coming from and being hesitant to want to let go of that because it's history. It's safe. It almost feels like, well, I don't want to throw out those past 25 years. I've invested so much of myself in them. And then, but then turning it around the way you're saying, like looking at it and saying, okay, it's not really throwing it away. It's contributed to helping me get to where I am today. I can build on that, but build in a different direction. Definitely. And I'm using all the skills that I've learned in my new business now as well. So, but the coaching, it was the people, it was the development, it was, and it was also the inequalities that I've seen over my career for women and hearing as some of my clients, when I'm coaching them and some of the stories they come out with, I'm just sat there going, we need to do more. I need to help these people because they're brilliant people. They're very capable. They've just lost their way a little bit and they've lost their confidence. And we need to help them. I need to help them find that because mm -hmm. if I can make a change, you know, sometimes people say, oh, it is a really big change. And I think, oh, well, is it really a big change? But I suppose it is. You know, I've, I've left a very well-paid corporate job where I got bonuses and pensions and discounts on products and, you know, I was a senior manager and it's kind of, I've read all that security and the security for my family and I've just kind of walked away from it to set up my own business because the, the purpose of seeing these people and knowing that they can be on and have what they want if they're just willing to spend a little bit of time on themselves, figuring it out. I can help them, support, you know, do that. And then they can kind of go, well, do you know what? I know I know what decisions I need to make now and I, I'm going to take them because I've seen how it can be. I've realised I can do more. I realised I'm capable of having a life that I'm interested in that serves me, serves my family and doesn't put me under all this strain. It isn't dictated to me by somebody else. And therefore, that's that to me. If, if I can help people do that, that that's like, you know, I'm fulfilled in in that way. And I think the fulfillment side was what I was missing. I mean, I was helping, you know, yes, I turn systems around. Yes, I delivered projects. Yes, <laughs> I, 
but it was the people side that I was missing. Um, you know, right. I helped teams. You know, yeah, I grew my teams and grew my staff, but it was just something. Something I wanted to do something a little bit more life changing for people. Right, you weren't touching people necessarily individually in in such an impactful way, and showing them the possibilities of what could be in going back again too, in part because it sounds like you were working for managers and and companies that weren't open to possibilities. They were only open or not even open. They were only seeing what we have always done and not open to what we could do. Yeah. And there's always the, oh, we can't, there's the cost thing always comes in. It's always sure. about saving money. So, you know, that get, goes ahead of, of, of a lot of things. I mean, don't get me wrong. Some of these companies have brilliant policies and some people have done really well in them, you know, but some of them are more willing to kind of take the route that is expected of them rather than the route they want to take. So right. yeah, everybody, every, everybody said, oh, you're going to have, you have to sell the soul to the devil. You know, the higher you <laughs> got, that's how it was seen. Yeah. And then you weren't willing to do that anymore. Uh, definitely yeah. not. I just thought, no, you know, this is life's for going out and enjoying. I lost my best, one of my best friends last year. She was 48. I lost my dad when he was 45, you know, and I'm like, you've got to take control of your own life. You've got to kind of stop waiting for somebody else to help you out. You know, if you've got to be clear about who you are, what you want, and then get support to get it. It's, that's where your support comes in, um, as yeah. well as finding out who you are as well. Because a lot of people, we all sit there and go, oh, I don't know what my skills are. I don't know what my strengths are. I don't know. And it's because we're so bombarded with managers and other people saying, oh, no, you haven't done that right. Or no, that wasn't good enough. I mean, I used to have a manager who used to give me some, a piece of work on um, half past five on an evening just as I was going out the door, he'd be ringing me at eight o'clock in the morning saying, have you done it yet? And he wouldn't even yeah. give me full instructions of what to do. And I would go, I'd be on the train platform saying, yes, I, I'm i on it. I'm doing it. I'd be writing bits on the train. I'd get in, I'd finish it off, hand it to him. And then he'd red pen it. He'd write all over it and go, I'm like, oh, if you just sat down with me, told me what you wanted. But it was like, this is just not worth it. And he, and this is, this is how your life was going. And you didn't think like, this isn't. This is crazy. Once you can step back, and this is what you're doing with your clients and what I'm doing with my clients in the in the um, F being fine program is this helping them step back and see what's going on and hear that voice inside of them that is, you know, that you listened to finally that was telling you what is your truth? What is true for you, not what everybody else is telling you you should be doing or pursuing or whatever. What is, what is your truth? Yeah. yeah. My, I mean, my, my dad wasn't the most responsible person in the world, but my, my mum was. And I think I kind of learned from her that we have to be responsible. You have to make sure you, you know, you can pay your mortgage and your bills. And I was so responsible all the time, taking the responsible mm -hmm. options. Hey, it's hard work. Because yeah. sometimes you, you have to make, make decisions that are not necessarily going to make you happy. And and I think we all have to do that to some extent. But when you're constantly doing that all the time at the cost of a little bit of fun, a little bit of um, happiness, um, yeah. you know, I, I wasn't, I didn't have the balance right at all, at all. And it, right, it, you're it, sacrificing who you are in order to be, yes, we were, because I have that same tendency of I'm, I'm very responsible 
at sometimes to my own detriment because then I don't do the, like I don't take time to have fun or relax because I have to do all these things. And I, and I see so many women like that now, you know, the responsibilities of, of, of a family and, you know, making things happen and just, you know, living daily life is just so full on. It's just people just don't have that creating that space to just, like you say, stand back and go, is this really what I want? And that's what happens, though, is what you just mentioned. I think when we get to this point in our lives and our parents are passing away or our friends, like you just mentioned, your friend. 48, we start looking around and going, all right, you know what? There's not a lot of time here. I don't know how much time I have left. And even if I have 25, 35, 40 more years, who knows? That still, the past 40 years have gone by so quickly. What are we doing? What do I want to be doing? Like being intentional about how we spend that precious time. And, you know, because we all hear that time is short and that we have to value, you know, appreciate what you have kind of thing. But until you start seeing it firsthand, you know, we hear it as a a platitude, but then when it's your friends, your parents, you're like, oh, wait, now it has meaning. Now I need to pay attention. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah. when I had the blood, blood clot, I, I wrote a bucket list, you know, and I was like, I, need, I started writing down and each year, I, I, well, I just generally add to it when I when I see it and trying to get more intentional again about the choices that I make. You've only got so much time. You've only got so many resources and funds and money and everything to do what you need to do or want to do. So why don't make decisions? And I don't I have this thing about not going back to same places or watch the same films over and over again. My husband can mm-hmm. see and watch films the same film about 17 times. And I'm like, no, there's more to life to experience. Um, yeah. You know, so I very much met when I, if I've written it down, then I'm more likely to do it. And and there was one where it was like, I wanted to see Adele in concert and I managed to get tickets. They were very expensive, but I got tickets and I spent the money that I'd saved on that. And I took my girls and my husband and we had an absolutely amazing time. That was so precious to share those moments yes. with my yes. girls that's worth so much more than having a fancy car on the driveway or a huge house or a, you kind of, we get caught up in this materialistic world of we need to have so many things to show who we are, how well we've done, what we've achieved. And actually it's about being content and happy within yourself and those experiences. And I think the younger ones now, my, especially, I mean, my daughter, one of my daughters, 23, and she's all about the experience. She's like, I yeah. don't want to be, I don't want to be tied down by a house and a mortgage and I want to go out and see life and see the world and experience things and make memories. And, and I just think, Oh, thank goodness. I wish, I wish I'd, you know, been able to have that conversation with you earlier because I'm good for you. Yeah. Um, but then I still get that. Oh, are you sure you can afford this? Oh, do you know, you know, and that my old habits yeah. come in. Um, we have you know, to fight that off all the time. <laughs> we do. We do. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's yeah. just, and that's what I want. I want to, you know, we talked a little bit about, um, I want to do retreats in France for women. Yeah. Um, and, you know, my husband retired from the fire service two years ago. I've started my own business last year. And we're now in a position where we've got so much more freedom to make our choices, to do what we want, when we want, work with who we want and work how we want. And, you know, and that's something that we're working towards together is to try and find somewhere, go and live abroad, try something different, 
try and yes. learn the new the language and you know and it's all going to be an experience and a journey and I think right. I just if I didn't do it now I think I would regret it so it's kind of try and do things that excite you and bring you joy and that might bring you a lot of pain as well because I'm sure moving to France is not that easy and all the forms for learning in foreign languages is going to be really tough but if I don't do it I won't know will I if I don't try I won't know and there's nothing wrong yeah. I don't believe in the word failure either yeah so I agree if it if it doesn't work out I've tried and I've had a go yeah. and I just move on to the next thing what is the next right. thing that I'd really love to try and enjoy and like you say because you know it's about the experiences it's about sharing sharing and making memories with people that you you love and and have fun with yeah and and living without regrets so you know we hear about people not dying with regrets so you don't want to die with regrets but the only way you don't die with regrets is to live without regrets it starts with living without regrets so that you don't die with regrets and that's what we're talking about. And I love that. And uh, yeah, this is such a, a great place to end our conversation. But before we go, what is what is your song? What is your hype song that you listen to when you need an extra boost of energy? I listen to the Pointer Sisters and I'm so excited. And it's there's something about it that's like, I'm so excited. I just can't hide it. I'm about to lose control and I think I like it. You know, and it, that kind of that last line sort of sums it up is that, I think I'm about to let go of everything that might have been holding me back from really having a fulfilling life. And I'm just going to go for it and I'm just going to try it and, you know, I'm going to see where it goes and fingers crossed it'll all work out. And if it doesn't, I'll try something different. So I yeah, love so. it. That's such a great <laughs> attitude. And I love that song because, yeah, now it's in my head and we'll put a link in the show notes. Is there anything else that you would like to share with the listeners um, about how they could get in touch with you? what um anything else i have a website so it's uh com. so yeah i'm i'm on there i'm on instagram i'm on um linkedin i'm on facebook so you know i'm on all the social media platforms yeah so just get in touch with me um you can okay. email me at, at joanne at joannecoaching.com um so yeah it's... we'll have links to all of that in the show notes as well Thank you so much for joining me today on Fine is a Four-Letter Word. You're very welcome. What a fun conversation with Joanne from York, England. So many good nuggets in this episode. I'm going to keep the key takeaways to these five. Number one, there's a continuing belief that the key to success is hard work. Women especially feel they have to work harder than men to prove their worth. And many, like Joanne, end up sacrificing their health for their careers. Your self-worth is not tied to your job. And no one else gets to determine your value. Number two, everything in your life up to this point has prepared you for exactly where you are now and where you are going from this moment forward. The past is never wasted time. Number three, sometimes what looks like security is not security. It's a false sense of well-being. But in reality, that familiarity that you mistake for security is holding you back from doing what you truly are meant to do, what brings you joy. It seems risky to step out of it. However, the bigger risk is to stay and live with regrets. Number four, you can rarely see the crazy when you're in the crazy. 
That's why it's so important to first get in touch with your own inner voice and to allow yourself to share what's going on with others outside of it and be open to their feedback. Number five, yes, you can still be a responsible person and make decisions that bring you joy. Those two things are not mutually exclusive. You don't have to suffer a blood clot like Joanne did to realize the value in being more intentional about the choices you make. To realize you've only got so much time and so many resources to do what you want to do. Life is about experiences. It's about sharing and making memories with people you love and have fun with. Thanks for being here and subscribing to Fine is a Four-Letter Word. Please share this show with a friend. If you're feeling especially generous, leave a review so other women like you can discover the show too. It's on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, and all the major podcast directories. And I'd love to hear what's happening in your world. Join me on social. On Instagram, it's zen underscore rabbit. You can find links to the other platforms at zenrabbit.com. Before you go, remember to take a moment to think about what you're grateful for today. And lastly, you can find this week's meditation queued up right after this episode. Or maybe it's just before, depending on where you're listening. Look for it. You'll find it because you always find exactly what you're looking for. Remember that. <laughs>